Some years ago, I was having a chat with one of my nieces when the conversation moved to religion. She was living in Abu Dhabi at the time and said she found it interesting that Muslims mark Ascension Day a week earlier than Christians do. When I mentioned that Pentecost follows Ascension, she asked me, what is Pentecost? So I explained that it was the day when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and when many Christians believed that the church was born. We had a bit of a chuckle over the fact that most people know about Easter and Christmas, but few know about Pentecost. And yet it's the next most important celebration in the church's year after Easter. It must have been the most amazing experience for those who were present on that first day of Pentecost. First there was the roaring sound that filled the house where they were sitting, and then what, what looked like fiery tongues moving in all directions and settling on every one of them. Then they began speaking whatever languages the Spirit gave them. I can imagine the mixture of emotions they must have felt. Confusion, fear, awe, joy, and even disbelief. But not everyone responded to the wind and flames of new life in a positive way. Some sneered and mocked at what was happening, confusing the spirit-induced joy with alcohol-induced drunkenness. Others wondered what it all meant. So Peter reminded them that the prophet Joel had foretold a time when God would pour out his spirit on all people. And that had happened. God's spirit had been unleashed with the new gifts of hearing, with the gifts of hearing and speech, bringing with it new life. We know if we continue reading the Acts of the Apostles, just what a tremendous impact the coming of the Holy Spirit had on the lives of these men and women. They were transformed that day, transformed from frightened, weak human beings, filled with doubt, to brave, daring adventurers for Christ. Not long before they had been in a state of crisis, locked in a room, frightened for their lives. Jesus had tried to prepare them for, the, for his death, but it was too much for them to bear. Jesus' death presented the disciples and the church with a crisis far greater than simply the loss of their teacher and friend, because it marked the end of the incarnation, God revealed to the world in and through Jesus Christ. It was through Jesus, God's Son, that the disciples and all who believed in him were brought into a new relationship with God. So the question on all their minds was, what would happen when Jesus is gone? Was that it? Was that the end? Was Jesus' revelation of God possible only for the first generation of believers? Was it available only to those who had physical contact with Jesus and his ministry? Was it limited to one moment in history? Or did it have a future? The gift of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, was God's answer to this problem. In all the talking Jesus did about the Holy Spirit, he continually emphasised that the Holy Spirit would come to take his place 
and continue his work after he'd gone. In fact, he told the disciples it was for their good that he had to leave them, because it was only when he was going, when he was gone, that the Holy Spirit would be made known to them. It would be the Holy Spirit who would make it possible for the experience of God, made known and available in the Incarnation, to be known after Jesus' death and to believers of any generation to come. Abide in me as I abide in you, Jesus said. This is what it means to be filled with the Spirit. There is no limit of either time or space to Jesus' love and to believers' access to that love. He did not ignore those who would live on after he left the earth. He made sure his love and support would continue forever for all his followers through his promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift freely given by the grace of God. It is not something that can be earned. It's not a private possession, something experienced deep within by an individual believer. What is critical about the promise of the Holy Spirit is that God sent the Holy Spirit to the community for its common good. It is the unifying mark of Christian community because it gives all believers access to Jesus. It enables the Christian community at any time in its life to reach back to the teachings of Jesus and remember to bring teaching, Jesus' teachings to life afresh with a new understanding. It's also creative. It enables the word of Jesus to move forward from their movement in history to the life of the church, and it gives new meaning to the teachings of Jesus as the changing circumstances of faith communities and the world demand. That's why we must always be praying, listening and discerning so we can discover what the Spirit is saying to us and teaching us. Without a doubt, the Holy Spirit brings new life. We see the changed, transformed lives of the disciples in their story as their story unfolds in the Acts of Apostles. We have our own stories of transformation. I know I do. As it did then and does today, the Holy Spirit moves the Christian community forward. The world does not, cannot stand still. It's continually changing and evolving. The Christian community too cannot and must not stand still. It needs to be continually growing, changing and evolving, otherwise it will die. It is the Holy Spirit who moves us forward, bringing new life to the church, to individuals, ensuring that the words of Jesus are always available as fresh words for any and all futures, showing us how they fit into contemporary society. After the resurrection, there was a time of waiting, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come as Jesus promised it would. Waiting can be hard because we don't know what's ahead. And it seems to me that the disciples found waiting difficult too. Waiting and transition often go hand in hand. Just as the disciples had no idea what plans God had in store for them, neither do we for ourselves and for our parish. 
But if we wait with prayerful expectation, all will be revealed by the Holy Spirit in God's perfect timing. In 1 Corinthians 12, we're told again that the earth is that each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, according to the Spirit's plan. There are many kinds of spiritual gifts, prophecy, vision, dreams, healing, miracles, speaking in tongues, and many others, but they all come from the same Spirit. Paul is insistent that the gifts of the Spirit must be exercised within the community of Christ for the benefit of the community as a whole and for the wider community as well. Whenever we pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit, and I believe that's a prayer we can pray every day, it must be for the benefit of the Christian community and our wider community rather than us as individuals. By loving one another as Jesus loves us, we reveal God to the world. And by revealing God to the world, the church makes it possible for the world to choose to enter into relationship with God, whose love has no limits. Through the gift of speech and hearing, we can speak and listen to God. Paul says in Romans 8.26 that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit is not the only way that God speaks to us and reveals God's self to us, but also the way that we are enabled to speak to God. The Holy Spirit is that power, that gift of God that enables us to be in loving conversation with God. And today we celebrate that relationship and give thanks for God for being so lovingly self-revealing and communicative. Our mission as a faith community is to bear unceasing witness to the love of God in Jesus. We can fulfil this mission only because we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit who breathes new life into us and keeps us in the continu continuing presence of Jesus. Let us pray. Blow upon us, Holy Spirit. Help us to hear amid all the conflicting voices that speak to us, the risen Christ speaking to us. Your word is our life, but your word is not always easy for us to hear. Blow upon us, Holy Spirit. Help us to speak amid all the difficulty of finding the right words to God who has so graciously in Christ spoken to us. We need to talk to you to tell you what's on our minds and in our hearts. But we cannot speak unless you give us the power to speak. Speak to us so we might speak to you. Breathe on us.